The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. Now, while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all of the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But those words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, on this your day, on the day we celebrate your son's resurrection, let the words of my mouth, the meditations, the thoughts of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen, and please be seated. Two thousand years ago, nearly, a man was betrayed, captured, put to death by the state, his followers were scattered. His mother mourned. Hopes were dashed. And then the unbelievable happened. That was 2,000 years ago. That is why we are here today, or at least a part of the reason. And so, well, if the unbelievable happened, how, how can you believe it did? Well... I've had unbelievable things happen to me, haven't you? There are some things that are happening right now in this world that are really unbelievable when you think about it. I think it was unbelievable the first time I locked eyes with my children and they knew me and I knew them. And there's that connection. I think it was little bit unbelievable that time has passed so quickly and as you look in the mirror you more and more see the face of your father or your mother how's that for unbelievable yeah how unbelievable was it if this ever happened to you that another person actually said i am willing to share my life with you I commit to you to the exclusion of all others. Isn't that unbelievable? 
People say that your wife's so sweet. I said, yes, she, and I've said this a million times, said it again this morning. She is a woman of great wisdom and sound judgment except for one really bad mistake many years ago. Because I know I got the better end of that deal. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Um, have you ever had something happen that seemed just too good to be true and you would not believe it until it was proven to you? I think it was, by the way, do we have any J.R.R. Tolkien fans in here? Any hobbits? Raise your hand, hobbits. I know y'all are hobbits. I don't know if they'll let you and Tristan make any modifications to the house that you get if it's on base, but if they could, that girl's going to have a hobbit door someday, at the very least. And I still kind of think that there should be a way to inexpensively dig a hole in the ridge and put a round door there and put out a sign that says, no admittance except on party business, which will be at your wedding. No admittance except on wedding business, right? Okay, yes. Yeah, we kind of like Tolkien. Now, I don't know how much you know about him, but he was... A, uh, a profound Christian person, also a, an exceedingly amazing literary scholar, and he loved playing with words, he even invented a couple of languages for his books. And he saw that there was a gaping uh, hole in our English language because we have a word when everything seems just fine and then all of a sudden the worst happens shockingly, amazingly, and all of a sudden everything just falls apart. We call that a catastrophe. So why do we have that word, but why don't we have its opposite where things look really bad, but all of a sudden without any expectation or any thought that it could happen, all of a sudden things turn around in that shocking of a manner. Maybe it's because life doesn't give us the need for that word as often. Um, Tolkien said he coined this word eu-catastrophe, eu meaning good. The sudden happy turn in a story which pierces you with a joy that brings tears because it is a sudden glimpse of truth that this is indeed how things really do work in the great world for which our natures were made. And that's nice, J.R.R., but we need a, a simpler word. <laughs> We're not all literary professors. I don't know, and I've thought and I've thought. The closest I can come to has that unavoidable religious connotation, but redemption, just something that is a total and complete change. But one of the points that he was making by this is in the story of history the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ are those sudden amazing turns in the story that no one would have really expected. That this story begins and ends with this unexpected joy. God
taking upon himself human flesh, being born and being helpless before us like a little child, an infant. And isn't that music to hear an infant's cry right on time in the midst of the congregation? And to think God did that for us. And then He grew to be a man and then to represent all of us to say, I am with you. I am experiencing this broken, fallen world with you. And then when He begins His ministry, He has it for three and a half years until humanity decides that it cannot handle God in its midst and put Him to death. And don't you know the disciples kind of thought, well, of course, it was too good to be true. You see, I I know back then, maybe some of y'all don't know this, that back 2,000 years ago in uh, first century Israel or Jerusalem uh, and Judah, I should say, in that time, ladies were not really counted as accurate um, testimonials. I'm trying to be very tiptoey here around this. Uh, I believe that there are in some countries today it still takes three women to make up the testimony of one man. Guys, don't take that to heart. And of course, you could say that Mary and the other women were disbelieved because of that. Oh, you're just a woman. You just got flighty. Don't you want to smack those disciples right there? But I don't think it was just that legal disregard. It was even the chauvinism the guys had, if we still use that word. I haven't heard it in a while. But I think a part of it was that was too good to be true. These men had had their hopes dashed. Their dreams crumbled. They thought they knew the script and even though Jesus had tried to tell them over and over, somehow it just wouldn't go through. And I know somewhere there is a wife, maybe mine, thinking, oh yeah, that does remind me of my husband." On occasion. Why did Peter run into the tomb? And we find that John was running with him in John's gospel. Why did they not fully believe? Well, I think there might be, uh, aside from one of the women actually seeing Jesus there, it might have also been this. That little phrase, and then they remembered his words. So they saw that there was light at the end of the tomb, if you will. Even the ones who didn't see Jesus face to face that day. But all those men folks, bless their hearts. By the way, for those of you who are visiting or have been here in a while, you do know that bless your hearts is the get out of gossiping free pass, right? At least we seem to think it is in Christian circles, you can say anything about a person if you tag bless their hearts onto it. Supposedly. Sometimes I think the Lord's go, oh, they're at it again. But bless their hearts, those disciples were still stuck 
at Golgotha. They were still stuck at that point where their dreams had shattered. They were still stuck and they would not move on. Jesus had to Himself appear before them. And if you remember the story, Doubting Thomas wasn't there. So he wouldn't believe anybody. Not the women, not the men. Because he had to see Jesus Himself. Because he was still stuck in the land of shattered dreams. In the land of a broken world. See, I think that's a larger answer to the question, why are we here? Some of us on a regular basis, some of us more on the the high holy days. Maybe for us it started with, uh, well, I was made to come to church when I was little and it's a habit. Well, it's a good habit to be in. But for me, even if I weren't here talking, by the way, I got to listen to a sermon this morning between the uh, sunrise service and this service, and I got to listen to Oscar Carrasco bring a wonderful sermon over at Oak Hill. I heard about 90% before coming over. The reason that I want to be in God's house is that I see so much brokenness around me. For that matter, I see so much brokenness in me. And I know that what this new creation is about is taking all of that and reshaping it. Because my heart cries out for that happy ending, that sudden undoing of the catastrophes of our lives, the healing of harms and of hurts, the world to be as our heart cries out for it to be. None of us. We're ready to turn on the news and see the cathedral at Notre Dame burning, were we? I've never been. But it's so much a part of the stories of Christianity in the West that when I saw this great cathedral burning, which is designed in the shape of a cross with spires pointing up to heaven to direct us upwards. It broke my heart. No one, as far as we knew, was hurt there, but it felt like in some way in that part of me that is specifically in love with the Gospel, in love with Christ, and in love with church history, that felt like Another 9-11 in a way. I don't know why, but it did. But then today to be over at Oak Hill and Oscar to say that his daughters, had three of them there, Oscar, three daughters, God bless him. <laughs> nothing, Karen, Kimmy, nothing against y'all, but had to give three away? Oh, dear Lord. Oscar saying his daughters had told him that there were eight bombs that had blown in Sri Lanka, three of them in churches while Easter worship was going on. Three others in hotels where there were many foreigners staying. So I read the accounts. in the midst of the celebration 
of the resurrection. Someone intentionally causing the death of as many as they could. You think, no, that's not how this is supposed to be. You see yourself in the mirror and you see your father or your mother looking back at you and you think, where is the time gone? This is not how it's supposed to be. You are at work and someone takes credit for what you have done and they advance while you stay where you are and you think this is not how it's supposed to be. You're at school and to take the attention off of themselves or make themselves look big, someone starts to put you down and destroy you in front of your classmates' eyes and you think that's not how it should be. That's not fair. No, it's not. And somehow we know that. And as we grow older, we realize that that is in us too. Dear Lord, that's not the way I'm supposed to be. Why did I do that? We want that happy ending. The undoing of the catastrophes of all of our lives. The healings of the harms of the hurts. The world to be as our hearts cry out that it should be. And that is the promise of Easter. That on at least that morning, the world worked right. That this new creation was started. And that that was the first little part of it. That is the proof that on one day, we don't know when, but there is a day that the broken world will be healed. Heaven and earth will join. Joy will be the order of the day. Death and sorrow shall be no more. And until that day comes, though, it is our calling to look upon the brokenness and the hurts and the little and large catastrophes of our lives and the lives of those around us. And in the midst of that, we proclaim this is not how it will remain. And we take part in at least our little corner of the world, making it better. And each and every day, with the help and the guidance of the Spirit, we help each other. And all of those that are in this broken and hurting world to have a bit more joy, a taste of resurrection, a healing of their broken relationships with one another and the healing of their relationship with God. In other words, we proclaim what the women did on that day. We help others to see the Lord. That is what this day is about. That is the joy that we have to share. Dear Lord, let it be in Christ's name. Amen.